The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Basics Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Robert, and I'm your host. It is Friday, June 17th. If you're listening on the podcast, you're watching live on YouTube, it is Thursday, June 16th. Again, we go live every day at like 1 o'clock-ish. Come hang out with us. Spend your lunch hour with us. You can chat with us. You can make fun of me. You make fun of... Ryan Wilson sometimes, and today you could be making fun of John Breach joining me to talk some QB battles as we grind our way through the offseason. Breach, what's up, buddy? Brenton roped me in. I thought we were talking about kicker battles. I show up and it's QB battles. What is going on? You know what's funny, Brenton, is that you said today is Friday and you pause, and I was literally 80% sure you were going to say Friday the 13th because you had no idea what day it was, and you just thought that would sound nice. So good for you on knowing the date. I think that is the first time in – Four months, you've gotten the date right. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Big step forward. Um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, cool. What's going on? You know, everything. Kind of got a sore voice, so if I How'd you, get you have to carry voice? the shot, uh, you're sick. No, re- recovering from the kid getting me. You know, like kids have all these diseases. You got a hangover breach. And then you have to, your immune system is not ready to deal with uh, what kids, she, uh, my two-year-old went to a camp and hanging around with other kids and you know what happens. They get other kids sick and then people right. have runny noses and then you're, it's just insane. That's yeah. all. Yeah, it's the worst. You have a kid, you know what it's like. Yeah, they get a little bit, it's a little bit less uh, transmission-y as they get a little bit older, I think. That's good. Yeah. Like when they're like, when you're like Annabelle's age, um, you're, you're a walking snot rocket. This is absolutely true. Like, you know, like Robbie doesn't get as like, uh, as, you know, it's like, he's not snotty. He didn't get as sick quite as much. I don't think as like the younger kids do. You know, um, he did have his first swim meet though. It's very exciting. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. Almost. Uh, if he hadn't got a little slow start on his, uh, on breast, did I talk about this yesterday already? Maybe I did. Debo, you know, I don't know anymore. No, no. Oh, he almost won his, he could have won his heat and breaststroke, but I got a slow jump off of the, um, off the gate because he had a goggle situation. So now you got to work on jumping out of the blocks. That's, that's the new, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, he he actually was the got the best jump during freestyle, but breaststroke is his best stroke. Did you swim at all as a kid or or yeah, I swam as a kid. Um, I hated it. AK that's, was that's what I was gonna ask. Is something that AK pushed him into or that he just decided he wanted to swim? No, it's um yeah, it's, it's just a good he's like a decent swimmer. And like um wait, we both did swim team as kids. I hated swim meets as kids. I was texting my dad and he was like, Oh, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, take these pictures of Robbie, and he's like, Oh, it takes me back to but fun times. I was like, are you being serious? Cause I hated that. Did you guys like that? Cause I didn't like that. They're like, Oh really? You didn't, you didn't like the swim meets. I was like, no sit around for like six hours. The side of the pool to get my ass kicked in a, in a race that I'm not good at. Like, no, I didn't like swim meets. Brenton, don't take this insult, but you don't strike me as a swimmer. I'm actually, I'm an okay swimmer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is where we started to debate about who would win a hundred meter butterfly. I, I hate butterfly. Hate backstroke. Hate butterfly. Decent breaststroke. Decent freestyle. Uh, who would win a hundred? Who would win a hundred meter? I am. Is that what you do? All of them? Twenty five meters of four different ones? Just one lap of each one. Oh, I don't know. I would. I would not bet on myself in any. I can swim, but I would not bet on myself in any swimming competition. Yeah, me either. Um, I wonder if Wilson. I bet Wilson sucks at swimming. He's either really good or really bad. There's no in between. Yeah, it'd probably be a pretty disastrous attempt by all. I could see him being secretly good though. Um, I don't think so. Maybe he breached um, check slack, buddy. Um, anyway, let's talk about some quarterback positions. We don't need to make this a fifty-minute podcast like yesterday's. Um, Wilson and I somehow got in like spent fifty minutes talking about like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray contracts. Just wildly unnecessary. Uh, and Brinson also mentioned that the Panthers could be a fringe playoff team with Baker Mayfield. Oh. You, you, that, you did say that. I did say that. Panthers fans owe you an apology. They thought you were crapping all over their teams <laughs> two months ago. Now you're back on uh, the bandwagon. Speaking of um, fringe playoff teams, I'm just going to bring this up just because it like it just happened. Um, I was doing radio on, on 1067 The Fan with my buddy J.P. Finley on the uh, Finley and B Mitch show. And um, he sort of like talked me into the commanders being a fringe playoff team, which I was really surprised by. I did not see that coming. Um, and his, his uh, he's like, he thinks they could, you know, like ceiling 10 and seven, nine and eight, but based on the offense being good. And I did not see that. Like, I did not see him talk. You know, I just, I, I think you could like, I think you could see a, possible pathway where like Carson Wentz is efficient and doesn't make huge mistakes and is like better in, you know, Scott Turner's like, I think is a pretty good offense is a, a very good offensive coordinator actually. Um, and they got weapons. JP actually thinks the defense could be the problem in, in Washington, which was very surprising to me. Yes. I don't think that's crazy. Look, you know, we were talking about teams that could surprise team bad teams from last year. And I mentioned the giants and it's not because I necessarily think they're going to be awesome. It's just that, you're in the NFC East. You have a chance. And you're in the NFC. The seventh best team does not have to be good in the NFC. So you can be a bad team and make the playoffs. You could be an okay team and win the NFC East. So I think any team in that division, you could make an argument at least uh, that they could get in the playoffs. Yeah. I think um, the Giants is a little tough. What? I mean, they cut Bradbury, like James Bradbury. Like they cut a guy that they could really use as a like a, a cornerback for fi- for future financial purposes. Like anytime a team does that, to me, it screams, "All right, we're okay. We lose a few games this year." 
Yeah. Anyway. We didn't come here to talk about the NFC East, Brenton. Let's get back on track. I know. I don't know why I like, just cannot stop myself. But we can't talk the Giants. That's true. We did have the Giants on the list and the Commanders on the list, technically. So uh, we'll start there. Quarterback battles. Week one. I don't think there's any question that Carson Wentz is starting week one. Like, Ron Rivera, I was just looking at pro football talk to make sure I didn't miss any. I had to run to Target and get some stuff, um, which, you know, it's just terrifying. I get law. I like, I get in Target and just cannot find anything. Um, but I had to run and get some stuff and I was making sure I didn't miss anything. And Ron Rivera says, you can see confidence spreading from Carson Wentz to everybody else. You buy or sell. I think he said, I think probably the biggest thing watching Carson is how he, how he got acclimated to us. He, how he got more and more comfortable being around our guys, getting to know some of our guys, developing some rapport with some of our receivers, picking up our offensive scheme for the most part. Sometimes you really see the confidence in the things that he does very well, and you can see the confidence spreading to everybody else around him. So that was probably the biggest thing, really, to me, watching how he kind of fit in and was getting acclimated. Do you buy or sell that Carson Wentz is spreading confidence amongst the Washington football team and do you think there's any question about him being the starter in week one of 2022? Uh, number one, I sell. Uh, this is me, Doc, protest too much. There's no way you're this high on Carson Wentz after only having a team for two months. It's just I, impossible. I and so this is, I think this is him trying to sell something that is unsellable at this point. I mean, you can't come out and say he's been terrible. You can't you just say what you have to say as a coach. In May and in June, it's it's all the talk. You know, you always hear, "Hey, this guy's in the best shape of his life," or "This is these are the best practices he's ever had." Everybody says that during OTAs and minicamp. That's just what you say. That's what coaches say about their quarterbacks. And uh, I'm almost never in the best shape of my life at this point in time. No, never, never. Uh, this is like we've been. Worst, yeah, it's like the, like I'm trying to I'm trying to get back into like decent shape at this point in time of the year. And then you're lucky if you get even you get halfway really there, close by August or September, and, and then, then it's all over, gone, gone. For well, I, yeah. Anyway, sorry, keep going. But yeah, I, like, I agree with you. It's like, and and remember, we also got that um, Albert Breer, and I'm not trying to, you know, like I'm not questioning Breer's, um, you know, the the, the content here because it's off season, and he has good connections with the R Rivera regime there in Washington, and um, you know, it's a big Carson Wentz is a big storyline. Like we're talking about it, but they're like. You know, he went and met with Ron Rivera and the and the and the clear like story. And I thought actually reading it, Albert did a good job like pointing out, like, hey, look, like, you know, this could completely go south and Carson could be toast. Like I, you know, if, if 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 he if he stinks this year for Washington, um, I don't know who would possibly consider, you know, getting him to start for them. Uh, but my point being is that like it was it was definitely like some fluff in there. The quotes from Ron Rivera, like Ron Rivera and his PR team are pushing. The Carson like hype it's 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 just like blatantly they're trying to hype up Carson Wentz, whether it's to give him confidence, whether it's to give his teammates confidence in him, whether it's to get people to back off so they don't you know like like be like oh like this guy sucks remember like I, I don't know what it I like I, I and maybe it's all of those but it's very clear like I agree with you completely it is a definite like you're 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 saying it a little too loudly Ron everyone hears you say it. 
And I, man, I totally agree with you. I think it's that first one to give Carson Wentz confidence. I think if we've learned one thing over the past two years is that he is not a guy who takes too kindly to criticism or competition. Uh, you know, he did not get along with Nick Foles after Foles led them to the Super Bowl. But we saw last year where does not like being criticized. Jim Irsay clearly did not get along with Carson Wentz. Um, and when you look, you 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 know you asked who I thought would be the starter in Week One, and you said it's probably going to be Carson Wentz. And I absolutely agree with that. I don't think there's any, Carson unless Carson Wentz gets injured. And even Taylor Heineke was asked about that this week, and he was asked if he had a chance to unseat Wentz as a starter, and he said, "Quote: I don't think that's an option." You look at the NFL, and at the end of the day, it's kind of a business. And if you're paying someone $30 million and you're paying someone else $2 million, you're paying this guy $30 million to play, you know, unquote. So that's Heineke knows he's not playing. Even He knows the competition's fixed. Even if he outplayed Carson Wentz in training camp, the commanders are going into week one with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz tanks the first four or five weeks. Maybe they turn to Taylor Heineke. But there's no way Carson Wentz is not going to be on the field in week one unless he gets injured. I uh, agree completely. If you you gave up too much and like good on Taylor Heineke by the way for like say like being like honest about it you know like because a lot of guys would go in and say well, yeah of course it's a competition like we're gonna do it but I think Ron Rivera's told him and Sam Howell who but it was like oh they drafted Sam Howell <gasps> does that trouble for Car- it's a fifth round pick settle down everyone um like it would take it would take Sam Howell like if what if Sam Howell looked like like Russell Wilson. Rookie, rookie Russell Wilson in minicamp or like in training camp in the offseason. Would that – they'd still have to go with Carson Wentz, I think. Yeah, I think so. And that's, much, that's an interesting point, point, though. Yeah, like it would have to It would have to be like an epic offseason performance by Sam Howell to unseat Carson Wentz, I think. Because remember, I was a Seahawks rapid reporter in 2012 during the whole thing. Really? So I was – I had my eyes closely on the Seahawks that year. And Pete Carroll, they refused to give Russell Wilson a chance to win the starting job. They, I mean, it took until the third or fourth week of the preseason and until they were like, you know what, this guy probably is better than Matt Flynn. And so we, and you know, they had just given Matt Flynn that huge contract. Russell Wilson was a third round pick. And it was like, Wilson, they threw him out there in the first preseason game. He looked good. It was like, yeah, it was against a bunch of backups. Who cares? Second preseason game looks even better. And they're like, okay but Matt Flynn's still the starter he's still taking all the first team reps third preseason game against other starters again crushes it and by then you could tell the Seahawks were like oh we screwed this up Wilson should have been taking all the first team reps the entire camp and so that's what you do when you let a rookie look awesome is that they don't get the reps they need right even if they outplay the starter so I, I do think you know again that that puts Carson Wentz as a starter in week one and if Sam Howell looks awesome maybe you put him as the starter uh week four week five if Wentz is struggling and I mean, also worth noting, like Russell Wilson played three years at NC State, started 11, 12, 13 games, and then transferred to Wisconsin and was incredible at Wisconsin, over 10 yards per pass attempt. Um, Sam Howell played, um, you know, was a starter at Carolina for three years, actually had a season where he was 10 yards per pass attempt. But like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, they're very comparable um, in terms of, in terms of like the kind of prospect they were coming out, Russell just fell because he was short, you know, like say, anyway. Um, so yeah, Carson went starting week one, barring something shocking. Ryan Peacock in the chat asking, is this a replay? That would be a shocking revelation to me, Ryan, because that would mean that my life is a replay because this is live. Wouldn't that be <laughs> weird if, if you were like, like 
All of a, hey, all of a sudden, did, it's like, can we talk about the commander's quarterback battle? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I'm right we're in a simulation. That we're living, yeah, we're living in a podcast simulation, which like wouldn't be that crazy, I guess. There's a 50% chance that's happening anyway. So I know. I mean, every, with each new bizarre twist of life, there's a very good chance we're living in a simulation. Um, <laughs> yeah, Anthony, uh, Anthony in the chat says, I think it would be a shocking revelation to Ryan, too, if this is a reason. <laughs> and real quick on that Russell Wilson thing, the Seahawks announced him as the opening day starter on August 26th. Their first game was on September 9th. So it took that it took all through August before they were ready to admit that they were going to give him the job over uh, Matt Flynn. Um, we don't we don't have the capability of finding articles from 2012, but I'm pretty sure I wrote like several times um, that Russell Wilson should be the starter and that he would lead them to the playoffs. Um, you know, because you just don't have we don't you know none of these oh huh. Oh, I found one where I wrote about Russell Wilson has not forgotten about your 2012 draft grades. <laughs> trying to find like a 2012 article for about Russell Wilson, but I can't. I found one. Uh, did I write anything? It's from Catswitz. <sighs> <laughs> Josh Catswitz. Yes. Says you. Oh, October 15, 2012, sorting the Sunday pile. Russell Wilson finally unleashed. Yeah, baby. How about that? Me talking about Russ. I found. Uh, I forgot from- Steve Kime. Steve Kime also he forgets his, still regrets his quote chicken bleep call not to take Russell Wilson. Because <laughs> he, you know, NC State guy. Anyway, oh, what was that one? Oof. Who wrote? <laughs> wait, did I write that? Who wrote that? No, this is. When I was looking for one of our older articles, I saw that from uh, Bleacher. Oh, no. JLC. Ouch, baby. Ouch. Um, The Seahawks need to bench Russell and start Matt Flynn soon. That take doesn't hold up very well. God, there's nothing worse than like Googling for an article and finding um, and like finding something that you did. Like some terrible take that you wrote and realizing like that you're just in pure hell. Did you see the people in chat making fun of you? Yeah, the last article, the last article I wrote was 2012. That's probably right. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, oh, oh. oh that's that's dunkworthy. Speaking of the Seahawks, they are actually at the top of this list, really, because Seattle has a uh, very confusing quarterback situation. They have Geno Smith. They have Drew Locke. They do not have Russell Wilson for the first time since 2011. Let's have Jacob Beeson on the roster. Geno Smith is listed. Uh, let me see if I can get Seahawks.com. He's listed on our lads as the, the first string quarterback. And that's not official, I don't think. Um, the Seahawks depth chart is not up on the website. Well, Pete Carroll did say earlier during OTAs that uh, Geno Smith was the leader in the clubhouse right now, but that, you know, you're not doing much during OTAs. Yeah, and I mean, that makes sense because he's been on the team and Drew Locke was traded. So you don't want to, like, hand Drew Locke the job since you don't really know anything about Drew Locke. And you do, like, Geno Smith started games for you last year. Do you think that, who do you think will win that battle ultimately, Drew Locke or Geno Smith? (sighs) You know what's crazy is that 
Geno Smith actually looked decent when Russell Wilson was out last season. He's got an understanding of what the Seahawks offense is, what it does, what Pete Carroll wants to do, which is run the ball 75% of the time. Um, and I know they traded for Drew Locke, but man, if I had to put a percentage on it right now, I'd go 55-45 in favor of Geno Smith. I think that's a good number. I mean, I don't want I hate to agree with you. Like just, you know, yep, you're right. Um, but I think that if you so consider how Pete Carroll operates. Like he likes the he likes the safety net, the safety valve of being able to like run the ball. Like I to me, the Seahawks are going to, if you look at all right, so look at the 2011 Seahawks, right? Um, let's see if I, oh, I actually have that bookmarked for some reason. Uh, and Molly P, uh, local radio says Locke is taking second team snaps. So there you go. Uh, I assume that's KJR. Oh crap! I meant to text somebody back at KJR. Um, if you look at the Seahawks, they were in 2011 23rd in points scored, 20.1 per game. In 2010, 23rd in points scored per game, 19.4. They were 25th in points allowed, 25.4, went seven and nine, actually won the NFC West and made the playoffs at seven and nine, which is just hilarious. Um, I don't think Pete Carroll wants to go seven and nine or eight and nine or even seven and 10 for sure. I think he wants to go like 10 and seven or nine and eight. I think that's his goal. I don't think he expects to go like 13 and three. I think he wants to have the most boring, bland offense on, on the planet that where they run the ball grind the clock into the into into like into a pile of dust and just try to win some of these really close games by not making mistakes and while Drew Locke definitely has more upside than Geno Smith Geno is the veteran who you feel like you can trust to not do something crazy outside of the scope of what you you want your offense to be and do you feel better or worse if you're Pete Carroll are you thinking are you more inclined or less inclined to start Drew Locke because they play the Broncos in week one? Maybe Drew Locke I'm more inclined knows to that Locke. defense. Or I'm more inclined to give Drew Locke a, a chance at like revenge. But I think Pete Carroll is probably less inclined to give him a chance to like aggressively get revenge against his whole team because I think he wants – again, I think he wants to pound the football. Like, he, he, you know – he he was like twenty. If he wins ten games, twenty to seventeen, he doesn't care what you think about his offense. Seven to two. Yeah, I mean, he I don't think he cares. Like if his defense can play well enough to slow teams down, and I don't know that they can. Like I, I think that's the bigger concern for me is that he wants to do this, and they you know they drafted Kenneth Walker with a second round pick. They still have Rashad Penny they brought back. We don't know what Chris Carson's deal is. But, like, Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny, if they're you know healthy, could be a good running back tandem. Um, especially with, you know, Charles Cross, uh, you know, considered, I think, more of a pass blocker, elite pass blocker, but certainly he can be good in the, the run game. I mean, that's, like, what they did this offseason leads you to believe that that's what their offense will be and that they think their defense can be good enough to slow some teams down. So, I, I mean, I don't know if I buy it. To me, that's just what the Seahawks' plan is going to be. Yeah, I, this is just—it does. The problem—it's it, not like it's 
because I keep, you know, I keep being asked, it's like, what do you think the Seahawks are, what do, we, what do you think the Seahawks plan is? And I think, I, I think I figured it out. Like, that's their plan. Is it a good plan? No. Is it a fun think, plan? No. What do you think the odds are that their starting quarterback for week one isn't on the roster right now? Um, Not very good. I think they're going to go with Geno. You know, or if Drew Locke is getting out, then they'll go with Drew Locke. But what, what if Baker gets cut? I think Baker's going to get traded to Carolina. What? I saw our pals uh, at the Around the NFL podcast. It did a like, quarterback rankings and they like to put out a consensus list on Instagram or something like that. It's like, I mean, like the Panthers start the parent, the Panthers' current quarterback start, starting starting quarterback Sam Darnold was ranked below both of the Seahawks quarterbacks. So like, I mean, you just like you have to go get Baker if you're the Panthers. I think. Yeah. I mean, but is Baker a bigger step up for the Seahawks or the Panthers? That's the question. Panthers. The drop-off from Baker to Sam Darnold is a lot bigger, I think, than the drop-off from Baker to um, Gino or, or Drew Locke. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oh, man. All right, so I can't, I just can't watch these Paramount commercials and not talk about them, not because I'm like trying to be a company man. If, you, if you're watching, if you're listening to the audio show, we have uh, YouTube like actual um, commercials that we run. You know, most of them are Paramount Plus, you know, because we're we work for Paramount, CBS, etc. Um, we had we had a Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic Two commercial, which was really cool. Like I got to tell Robbie about that. But Jerry and Marge go large. This this new uh, Brian Cranston movie that's streaming. Have you have you read the the like the story that it's based on? It's insane. Uh, it's lottery related. I know that they found a loophole where they can basically just like win the lottery over and over again. I really, it was like a long read like a couple of years ago. And um, now there's a movie and you can stream it now on Paramount plus, which is what I'm going to do this evening. Cause I, I love Brian Cranston and I'm excited about streaming it on Paramount plus. You should go to ParamountPlus.com and sign up for free. A, you probably get a free trial and watch it yourself tonight. If you're, if you're looking, if you're listening or watching, if you do enjoy it, write Brinson in the promo code and see what happens. Spoiler. Nothing. What? Um, Steelers are a really interesting team for the week one quarterback position because they decided to Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky. They signed Mitchell Trubisky in free agency, just like the Bears signed Mike Glennon. And then they drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round, just like the Bears drafted Mike Glennon. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky in the first round. So how do you think this plays out for the Pittsburgh Steelers breach? Um, oof. 
I do not think that Kenny Pickett is going to be the starter. I think that they signed Mitchell Trubisky. They're going to let Mitchell Trubisky have the job unless Kenny Pickett is 10 times better. And they're going to say, Mitch, we're going to let you try and take us to the promised land in 2022. And if you can't do it, if you're bad, we'll go with Kenny Pickett next year. But if you're good, if you win 10 or 11 games, then guess what? You're going to be our starter next year. And we don't care about Kenny Pickett because we're going to be Mitchell Trubisky's team. Uh, so I would be shocked if Trubisky is not at least the week one starter. I mean, again, I, I don't, I'm not trying to just agree with Breach here. Um, this is getting ridiculous. We don't ever. Agree. I mean, like, it's it's very, like, when you go out and sign a, uh, you know, a veteran, like a veteran on his third team looking for a redemption, you know, there's a whole, there's a ton of, like, the Mitchell Trubisky hype last year. It's like, oh, like, he's just learned so much in Buffalo, really developed as a person and as a player, and he's ready to, you know, take another shot at being a starter. And, like, he was, he did some really dumb stuff. But he was like he had some really good games too. I mean, I thought you saw some stuff from Mitchell Trubisky where you're like, all right, this guy could be good. And you know, when you factor in what you know what we got from you know Matt Nagy with Justin Fields, it's like very clear that the the offenses in Chicago were just never catered to the quarterback. I don't know that Matt Canada was necessarily the guy who's going to do that, but I mean, he loves to use motion. He loves you know. I think he'll use a bunch of bootlegs. Um, you know, he'll. I think he'll do some stuff that'll that'll. I think his offensive system will cater a little bit more to Trubisky's skill set, and I don't think the Steelers promise Trubisky he'll be the starter, but I do expect that they will give him a chance. Like I think he has to lose the job to Kenny Pickett, or Kenny Pickett just has to be incredible and take the job, um, or he has to play really poorly over the first few games of the season. Like I just I don't think. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think the Steelers and Mike Tomlin want to go with want to go with Pickett out of the gate unless they just simply have to. Like if, yeah. they, if they have no choice, I think they'll go Pickett, no problem. But they start at Cincinnati, New England at home, and at Cleveland. So you have two divisional games against. I mean, I think. Um, Cincy and Cleveland have pretty tough defenses. I mean, at the very least, like problematic pass rushers. And you're Belichick in week two. That is not exactly. And, and that week three game in Cleveland is that Thursday night game on Amazon Prime. That is not exactly a three game stretch where I would want to be starting a rookie who had a ton of fumbles in college. Uh, yeah, you, you're facing two of the NFL's top five sack guys from. 2021 and then Miles Garrett. And then, like you said, Belichick is a Belichick wizard. Destroys young quarterbacks. He just, Belichick versus a rookie is absolutely unfair. Rookies are, except for Davis Mills with that crazy game while I was with the Texans. He's literally the only guy. I think Russ and Deshaun Watson had good, good, good ish games, but they still lost. And we're talking about the best of the best there. And so, yeah, you don't want Kenny Pickett just having his mind and heart broken by Belichick in week two, the second game of his career. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that just feels like you start Trubisky the first three weeks and then you see how things are going. I think you even say, Mitch, the job is yours till the bye and we'll reevaluate then. Yeah, I mean, that's – I don't even know if it's the bye. I think it's like let's um, let's see what happens those first three weeks. Because of the steel, I mean, look, you are at Cincinnati in a divisional game against the defending AFC champions. 
you were hosting Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And then you were at Cleveland where we don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to play or not. Like the, the, it would not be unreasonable for the Steelers to start 0-3 and then you just have to pull the ripcord and go with Kenny Pickett against the Jets at home in week four, which is even one and two, if Trubisky's playing poorly, I think you could go to tr- Pickett in week four. But if you go to Pickett in week four, after that Jets game, you have the Bills, you have the Buccaneers. <laughs> and you don't want Kenny Pickett to just beat the Jets and then lose, 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 lose. Yeah, you, you have, have three or four road games at Buffalo, Tampa at home, at Miami, at Philly. I mean, like you said, unless Kenny Pickett just wows them or Trubisky does something to lose the job, I, you just – you go with the mindset that, hey, this is Mitchell Trubisky's job for this year. If, you're, if they're 0-3, it would not be surprising. And and if they're 0-3 because Trubisky's playing poorly, like the defense is playing well, but the offense can't do anything, and Trubisky's you know missing receivers and can't, th- run, can't throw left, et cetera, I don't think it's crazy to suggest that they go with Pickett in week four. But I, I think your point about that four-game stretch after the Jets is, is very, very valid. Yeah, and I think that if you're – the Steelers, if you're Mike Tomlin, you can even tell Trubisky that, look, man, you're going to have a short leash. We're going to make you the starter. Uh, and if we get off to an ugly start, you're not going to be the starter anymore. So, and, and that stretch after the bye, you get the Saints at home and the Bengals at home. So you would have back-to-back home games. One is a Sunday night game uh, against Cincy on November 20th. But, like, you know, you're not, you're not doing a ton of traveling. Like, you are, you know, and again, Kenny Pickett is very familiar with the facilities because he played college football there. Then at Indy on a Monday night, so back-to-back primetime games for the Rook, if, that, if that's when it happens. But then you have at Atlanta, Baltimore at home, at Carolina, Raiders at home. That is a pretty, like, as far as the Steelers' schedule as a whole goes, that's probably the easiest stretch. Obviously, Baltimore at home is not easy, of course, and New Orleans and Cincy you know, at home could have good defenses. But you know, if you're getting Carolina and Atlanta in any stretch and you know a, a slew of home games... Yeah, I think that's a pretty good setup. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you you would set the over under at um, the buy. Eight and a half starts for Mitchell Trubisky. Yes. Okay. And I would take the over. So maybe 10. Let's go to 10. Well, you would say the buy is week nine, but. So you would actually set it at seven and a half and take the over, I think is what you would do. No, I would set it at. The you would need to get one. You would need is week nine, so the over under would be nine starts. I guess it's over under eight. eight. Over under eight. 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 Oh, eight okay. And half. All right, so eight and a half, and you would take the over because you think Trubisky will still. Or start. no, no, it would be it would be nine and a half. You think he'll start one game after the bye? Which is eight and a half. Yes. Yeah, it would be eight and a half. Do you think he still starts after the bye? And if you take the under, you think he gets benched at the bye. Right. Yeah, that's probably right. There we go. That's why we're not odd. So you would take the under, you would take the over of eight and a half? Yes. Yes. I think he's going to start the whole season. I don't, you know, I just feel like the Steelers are going to be better than people think, which I know sounds crazy, especially because I'm an absolute Bengals homer and I should be talking trash about the Steelers, but I think they're going to surprise people. There's no expectations for them this year, there's no pressure on them. And look, all Trubisky has to do is play slightly more competent football than Ben Roethlisberger did last year, which shouldn't be that difficult because 2022 Ben Roethlisberger wasn't that good. And so I think Trubisky can be at least that or a little bit better. Entirely possible. Um, 
I believe that the so I'm trying to find the um I thought that the athletic wrote, I think it's Mark Kabuli wrote um that the Trubisky has a quote significant head start and the competition between him, Mason Rudolph, and R- R- Kenny Pickett will quote be will quote will be more for show end quote than an actual competition. So in other words, it seems like Risky's going to be the guy in uh, in in week one. All right, so now we are dragging this uh, podcast into a um, we are dragging this podcast into lengthy territory somehow. Panthers week one. Is it Sam Darnold or is it Baker Mayfield? Because I don't think it's going to be Matt Corral, but it could be. Uh, I'm going to say Darnold. I'm just, I just feel like the Panthers and Browns have had so much time to get things, something worked out, anything. Like if you're the Panthers, ideally you get this trade done before the draft so you don't have to spend a pick on Matt Corral. But you didn't. You couldn't get a trade done. Then you want to get a trade done before OTAs and minicamp are over so that you can get Baker Mayfield in there and at least get him a playbook so he can study it while he's gone. No, you didn't do that. Uh, so it just seems like this feels like a trade maybe not destined to get done. So okay. I'm going to say Sam Darnold. I'll say um, what odds would you give me on Baker being the starting quarterback week one for the Panthers? I mean, not plus 110. What? Yeah. It's not a long shot. Like three to how about three to one? No, never. For Baker, what odds would you give me on Darnold being the starter? I think Darnold's minus one fifty right now. Yeah, so the odds on Baker aren't going to be plus three hundred. He's not even on the team. <laughs> like, I don't even think a trade is even, like a trade is like plus. I'll give you plus one ninety. All right, I would bet that. Okay, two to there two to one. I would bet Baker because I think the Panthers. I think David Tepper is gonna like wake up one day and realize that he's got um, Sam Darnold as his week one starter and just panic and tell um, his GM to just do whatever he needs to do to get the freaking – just get the deal done and get Baker in here. I don't care. Like, just get the guy in here. Like, figure it out if we got the money later. I got a billion dollars and a brass set of balls. Go get this guy. What about Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't think he's going to be healthy enough soon enough to make that deal happen. Mm-hmm. But if he got – but. Uh, Let's say you get to the preseason and Darnold and Corral are just melting all over the place. I think Jimmy Garoppolo could be in play. Would you rather Garoppolo or Baker? Any, I'm trying to think if old Benny Max got any experience with either of those guys. No, he was in San Francisco 2005, but not really. Yeah, nothing really notable. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I would take I would take Baker at plus one ninety, but I mean I think I think if it's if it's um if it's based on like who's on the roster right now, it's Dar- I think Darnold will beat out Corral. I just don't these, these rookies are not like these rookie quarterbacks. This class in particular is going to have a, a very uphill battle. To there's a reason there was only one of them taking the first round. Absolutely. Speaking of which, the Falcons took one Desmond Ritter okay. in the third round, right? Yes. Yes. Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter. Uh, for me, I think. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you're really locked into this podcast. Mariota. Nice deep yawn as you. <laughs> well, I told you, man, I got the kid. Keep me uh, up. Being, I'm tired too. We'll wrap got up three this. hours of sleep in the past four days. Um, 
I, I, think, I think Mariota. What's my voice? Can you tell that I'm like raspy? Well, it's not too bad. I think Mariota is a stone cold lock. Yes, I agree with that. Like he played for, and not necessarily played well, but Arthur Smith coached him in Tennessee. There's a reason Arthur Smith specifically went out and got Marcus Mariota. Correct. Because he's familiar with him. He's familiar with his skill set. He knows what he can do with him. He knows that, hey, look, I've got to do something right now. Uh, this is my stopgap quarterback. I'm going to bring Mariota in. I'm going to let him run the offense. And if he does it well, maybe I'll keep him around and let him be the starter in 2023. And if he doesn't, boom, we got Desmond Ritter ready to go. I'm correctly being ripped in the chat for being a raging hypocrite for calling Breach out for like chat. <laughs> <laughs> fair. <laughs> Absolutely fair. And also, um, there's a big difference. Be- I am locked in. I know exactly what we're talking about. I haven't lost my train of thought. There's, I just yawned. I was so I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I mute myself when, the, when I. Well, if you were talking, I would have muted myself, but I yawned while I was talking, which which is even more embarrassing. Like I was making myself bored by what I was saying. Yeah, that's fair. That's horrible. Fair. See, he, yeah, it's fair. He said, glancing, blatantly glancing over to look at Phil Mickelson. I, I love evil Phil, man. I love evil Phil. His beard. Take a little Phil first round leader. Just just get weird, Phil. Um, anyway, I agree. Marietta. I mean, it was, I think all these competitions are just kind of obvious. Like these teams are in weird spots and they're gonna go with a veteran over the young guy if they can. And Mariota, like when the the Dolphins, I mean the Dolphins, the, the Falcons did not want to trade Matt Ryan after they lost out on Deshaun Watson and the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. It turns out that was a blessing in disguise that they lost out on the Watson sweepstakes based on how it's going in Cleveland because that roster really doesn't need, like, isn't, like, wouldn't be a lot better with Deshaun Watson there. Um, like, they're not a contender with Watson, even with Watson, I don't think. They're really just like the Texans and they would be giving away a ton of draft picks that are probably pretty high. Um, but when, after they opened the gates for Matt Ryan to possibly get traded, he decided to take them up on it and go somewhere where the roster was much better in Indianapolis with a better chance to win. And, and the Falcons had to acquiesce to that as such. They were just kind of, st- you know, there, it was so late in the process. They were kind of jammed and just had to figure out how to, um, you know, how to, how to best solve the situation. And Mariota is a pretty good gap quarterback and they got Ritter with a, you know, a reasonable pick and maybe he can develop into something more. And I, I just don't know that he's ready to be a starter on that offense right now. It's just better to throw Mariota to the Wolves. And I think I, I just believe that's what they will do. Um, Dom in the chat asked, we'll get one more in here. This is a good one. Dolphins. Tua or Stinky Tua or or or, uh, or Mr. Mr. High Floor or low, low Ceiling Teddy Bridgewater by the end of the season. That's a tough one because Tua, nobody gets hurt more than Tua. Can Tua even last the whole season? I don't even think, I don't think that uh, McDaniel would bench him because, you know, you want to find out if he's your QB of the future, but Tua could very well get injured and Bridgewater could be the starter by the end of the season. I'm going to go with Tua, but I'll be shocked if he lasts all 17 games. I also would be shocked if he lasted the entire season, but. I think it's possible that Mike McDaniel crafts an offense that makes it easy for Tua to get quick throws out to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill underneath, and that eases the pressure on him to try and get vertical. So I would not I would not want to bet on over 16 and a half games for Tua. 
or over, let's say over 15 and a half games, as in, you know, like he starts, but maybe the Dolphins are like, you know, he, he you know, he, he sits week 17 because they make the playoffs, you know, so whatever it is. Um, I would definitely take the under on that because of the injury possibility and just the sort of the upside that, that, you know, a guy like Teddy Bridgewater offers or not yeah. the upside, but like the, the safety that's that he offers. Cause he really doesn't have the upside. This is true. It's easy to see Teddy Bridgewater completing short, like the short passes to Waddle and, and, and Tyreek too. And like that offense being like, he's Mike McDaniel's Jimmy Garoppolo basically. Yeah. And, and except, a little bit more mobile. He's left-handed, which adds a little bit of uh, that can throw defenses off a little bit. So I, I think that McDaniel knows to a skill set. He's not going to ask him to do anything he's not capable of. I think Tua could be good in McDaniel's system. That's why McDaniel went out and signed 17 running backs so they can run the offense he ran in San Francisco, except he's not going to have like the Debo Samuel where you have a receiver getting crushed all the time. I mean, I'm sure Tyree Kill's going to get the ball a lot, but you know, McDaniel's going to do his best to make sure he's not getting killed like Debo was out there last year. Yeah, I think they're, they're going to, they're gonna, I mean, you look at the additions that they made, right? Like Toronto Armstead, and then they got Chase Edmonds. Loaded. Underrated I mean, additions. Yeah, I, I mean, they had a great offseason. Sonny Michelle, Raheem Mostert, like that, like that is a, the, those three backs, the addition of those three guys in Toronto Armstead, Plus, what we've seen from a Mike McDaniel offense leads me to believe that they want to be uh, like aggressive in terms of how much they run. And they believe their defense can be good enough to, you know, like I, I don't think they want to be. I, I mean, I think he wants to recreate what they did in San Francisco, where you run, you run the ball a ton, you have a very stable of running backs, and then you allow play action and sort of the flow of your offense and how it, you know, the, the, the design. So like the design of the Kyle Shanahan's offense is, is such that and all offenses are like this, but I mean, Shanahan specifically like wants to do certain things to set up other things down the road. Like he, you know, they want to have plays that are, you know, bootleg play action plays that look like their run game that get Tyree kill and Jim Waddle into wide open spaces. And if Mike McDaniel does that as well, like if he, if he does, if he does what Kyle Shanahan did, you know, like Debo Samuel would catch the ball and he'd be like, no one within five yards of him. Like that's what they want to do. And if it works for them in Miami, the way it worked in San Francisco, this offense can be lethal with a guy like Tua playing point guard or, but also Teddy playing point guard if Tua struggles and can't stay healthy. Yeah. And then the, and the dolphins have a lot of weapons. You know, I, we always talked about the 49ers is Debo Samuel, but when you're in Miami, it's look, you mentioned Jalen Waddle. He's they signed Cedric Wilson. That's an underrated signing. And Mike Gasecki. Mike Gasecki. And you mentioned Chase Edmonds, but also Raheem Moser and Sony Michelle. You know, there's a bunch of guys back there uh that, like you said, two as the point guard getting all these guys the ball could work. They're not gonna ask him to throw downfield a lot. It's put the ball in their hands. We're gonna get five yards in every play. Yep, exactly. All right, that's probably enough, right? Yeah, it feels like enough. Yeah, it feels like we've done enough. <laughs> Feels like we've done enough. <laughs> C plus. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Breach as always, buddy. Excellent work. Thanks for hanging out. Fighting through illness. Wilson wouldn't do it. He's a coward. He would be taking a nap. Yeah. Scared coward. Wouldn't show up. Wilson ain't played nobody. <laughs> all right. I'll do it for the show. For Breach, I'm Brinson. See you guys later. May 23rd. I want to 
want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.